bless us with a song this afternoon. And Sister Esther.
Raise us up one of these days. Amen. If you plan on being raised up, you got to have it on the inside of you. Amen. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He said it'll quicken your mortal bodies. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Well, I think I got to sing the song, He Hideth My Soul. Amen. Got the wrong. Let's see what. bear with me. I think I got the wrong thing down. Each moment he crowns 
this afternoon. Amen. Amen. Sing this song. I always think of, every time I sing this song, I think of Brother Dick Addison. And, uh, I always love singing this. Camping in Canaan's land. Amen. I have left the land of bondage with its earthly treasures. I've journeyed to a place where there is love on every hand. I've exchanged a land of heartaches for a land of pleasure. I'm camping, I'm camping in Canaan's happy land. For every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan. And with rapture I survey. Wondrous beauty grand Glory, hallelujah I found the land of promise I'm camping, I'm camping In Canaan's happy land Out of Egypt I have traveled Through the darkness dreary For over hills and valleys And across the desert sands But I've landed safe at home Where I shall not grow land of story I'm camping I'm camping in Canaan's happy land for every day I'm camping in the land of Canaan let's all stand sure I survey it's a wondrous beauty grand glory hallelujah I found the land of promise I'm camping I'm camping in Canaan's happy land Yes, every day I'm camping. 
into Canaan, they still had to fight. They still had, when they went camping, when they went camping, they had to set guards out because them people in their land didn't like them because they thought it was their land. The devil thinks this is his property. It is not. It's the property of the Almighty. Even this earth is the property of the Almighty, but he gave it to me and you. All right. <clears throat> Good to be in the house of the Lord. Just remember these Announcements real quick. Uh, Brother Bob will be speaking Wednesday night. Uh, remember Brother Luis um, and Brother Michael's already over there and they're sending back some photos. Brother Aaron's leaving on December the 1st. And just remember those. And we'll have some, uh, Lord willing, we'll have some um, time for them to give their report. Because uh, I think Brother Aaron's been to Jamaica one time. We went with me and then I think that's, about the only time he's been out of the country, so uh, he's he's in for a uh, he's in for another surprise. Well, we went to the well. When we went to Jamaica. We could talk like they do, but part of the time, part of the time, yeah. Well, they speak King's English, remember? So we're supposed to, but we don't. But uh, let's pray for them that they'll have a wonderful time. And if you've never been to a foreign country. You ought to go one time at least, right, Brother Bob? You ought to go. It'll change your perspective about what I was thinking the other day. You look out in the, not just out in the world, but you you drive down the road, and I mean, I have a camper. I go hunting. I spend my all this extra money we spend. All the you know, we got seventy thousand dollar cars, fifty thousand dollar motorhomes, and you know all this stuff, and we've been blessed. We've been blessed. You go to a foreign country, there's no extra income. It's called survival in foreign countries. We're so blessed in America to have a good job, good health benefits, and to have a thing we, that we can do extra stuff, go fishing, go hunting. I mean, they just marvel at the things that we can do here in the United States outside of just regular living. They're over there trying to survive, not worrying about a boat unless it's for their income, right? Or not worrying about you. Some of you have been there, and I've been to the Philippines and, and uh, Jamaica too, and they just marvel at us, and we have been blessed, but let's not let that cloud our, our walk with God because I think you go to those foreign countries, and they focus a lot more on the Lord. I'm admonishing all of us. They focus a lot more time on the Lord. I mean, you go to a church and preach it at a church that's uh, 
up on top of a mountain in Jamaica, and literally there was six cars and, and a bus at this church that I was preaching at. There was almost 200 people in the building. Probably 150 of them had to walk. And they walked for miles, hours. And then when I got finished, they worshiped another hour and a half. It'd be almost midnight, and they had to walk back home. So that's what I said. We need to check up on ourselves. If we can't get here in an air-conditioned car and plenty of gas at the moment, and um, some of us that have battery-operated ones now don't have to have it, Sister Rebecca and us, part, part. Half and half. Okay. Well, ha get here halfway. Anyway, June loves her, so. But you see there again, you know, you, we, we need to just make sure that we keep our everything in perspective. It, and, and leading into that, if you have anything extra, Brother Aaron said he would be glad to take it on over there with him next Friday, January the 1st, I mean, December the 1st. He would be happy if you got anything else today that, that you'd like to give him. Um, he will be glad to take it over there, and they, I promise you they'll use it for the glory of the Lord. Yes, sir. I'll be here Wednesday night also. He'll be here Wednesday night also, so if you have anything, a little extra to give, it will be used for the glory of the Lord. It will not be used for them to take a vacay. All right? They're not over there on vacation. Right. You work when you go to those foreign fields because they'll work you to death. They want you to preach every day. You know, I was reading, you talk about John Wesley. He preached 14,000 sermons. 7,000 one year. That means he was preaching five and six sermons a day. Seven days a week. Preaching on the corner, preaching out. He jumped up on a, uh, uh, he was in a cemetery and they couldn't hear him very well. He jumped up on a, on a cemetery, on a mausoleum that was standing base high. He jumped up on it and started preaching. That's what we do. That's the founding fathers that we've come to now that we're in Laodicea, that we're soft and we have need of nothing and all these things. But there's a bride that's going to carry this thing on. And thank God we do have the extra funds to send to foreign countries. Thank God we do have ministers that can go, um, that we can support and help them get there and back. And, um, and thank God that Brother Branham was from America. And he spoke English. Southern English. Me and Sister Cleta was talking about, you know, common people heard Jesus gladly. He didn't speak in some, um, uh, probably didn't even speak like Caiaphas and different ones like that, you know, that were schooled and learned. The common people heard him gladly. So I believe Brother Branham was the same way. The common people heard him gladly. Amen. So remember that. Remember that um, uh, December the 9th, Brother Burley is going to have a bonfire. We'll announce that a little bit more. No Bible study will be this coming Saturday. Um, December the 10th will be our church dinner, one service. December 24th, one service. That's uh, Christmas Eve morning. We'll have one service at 10 o'clock. No um, Sunday school. And then on December the 30th, Brother Eric Gallo will be here from Honduras to speak for us. That service starts at 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. Then December the 31st at 8 o'clock, we'll have our watch night service. Brother Luke Gibson will be speaking for us then so just keep these things in your prayers we've got a few things coming up in first of the year that we're going to announce later on but uh my brother um we're going to have maybe just have a youth meeting every quarter this time this year um so in march brother 
Andrew Glover will be here with us on that Saturday and Sunday, um, the third Saturday in March. So just remember that as we come up a little bit closer to January 2024. Wow, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought we'd be standing here in 2024? God did. And he's right on time. He's, he's not. The only thing he's delaying is, is for me and you. He's not delaying for himself. He's delaying for us. But he knows the day and the time. So we sure appreciate each and every one of you. We love you with the love of the Lord. With this season coming up, do something extra for somebody. Do something extra for somebody. I love that when you pull up to the drive-thru and they say, that person pays for your meal. Pay for somebody. Pay, pay it back. I don't care. You don't look back in and say, well, they ain't got long hair and, and a dress only. They got tattoos all up their arm. Well, maybe you buy their lunch, and that may help them a little bit. may spark something in their heart to say, hey, I might want to be like that person. All right? Well, that was extra, so just take that and help the world. They need help bad. And when we leave, folks, all hell is going to break loose. You think it's bad now. You wait till the Holy Ghost lifts off the earth, and there is there's no there there's limits now. There will be no limits then. God will completely take His hand off. He'll go over to the Jews. He'll help them and fight for them for three and a half years, and chaos will be the rest of the time. You think that looting happened down in uh, when Katrina hit in uh, what was it, New Orleans? Uh, they just cleared. Walmart's were completely emptied. People were going in, wading through water because it was all free. They just cleared a whole Walmart out down there in downtown New Orleans. You just think when this thing becomes so lawless that there's no stopping it. Remember those four angels that stopped those winds of war from destroying? Brother Brown said World War One should have took care of everything. They should have destroyed it all. He said, but that angel stopped it. So we've got, we've got the angels now here stopping things. We won't have to worry about any nuclear explosion. I'm not worried about that one bit. Everybody's thinking nuclear, nuclear this, nuclear that. I'm not worried about it. Brother Brown said they want one atomic bomb dropped while the bride's here. Now, it may be launched, but it won't hit the ground until we're out of here. Thank God we had a prophet that could look into that and tell us. And see, that gives me, so I don't have to read the paper. I don't have to read the paper and go, oh, I wonder if they're going to start atomic bombing each other over. No, I'm not worried about that. That doesn't bother me a bit. None. Because Brother Ram said, no atomic bomb going to hit with the brides on earth. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that also, a little tidbit of hope and, and something that we cannot have to worry about that. Because that's really horrible. You read about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, how, when we dropped those bombs, how many years that there was residual effects on people getting cancer and all these different things just because of two bombs. Think about when all of them are going to be cut loose. But you know what? We'll be in a place where it doesn't matter. Amen. We'll take our judgment now. We'll do the things we need to do. We'll, we'll carry on. We, we win. Amen. We never lose. Right. Christians never lose. They always win. So we're going to win this thing. And then we're going to be pulled away. The bride's going to be pulled away to a place of waiting. We're going to have a marriage supper. Then we're going to come back down here to live in a millennium for a thousand years. 
then we go to a future home that is eternal. We sure love the Lord for telling us these things, don't we? Let's bow our heads. I know we all have needs in our heart. And remember Brother Luis and, and them. I, they've been on my heart all day today, so let's just remember them that there's not any trouble going on over there. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd be with each one of us. Forgive us of our sins and our faults, Lord. I pray that you'd bless this service. Lord, you be the one that speaks. You be the one that hears, and only you can give revelation. Lord, I pray that we would, Lord, not be as we were talking about, dilatory about different things, that so much time that we have as Americans and money that we have, Lord, I, I pray that we'd use it wisely, Father, and that we would further the kingdom of God with it. Lord, I pray that we'll further today the kingdom of God in our soul, in our hearts, in our minds, Lord. I pray that you'd be with each one that's sick, not here, Lord, that wants to be here so bad. We pray for them, Lord, and I pray that you'll touch, Lord, Brother Luis and Brother Michael and Brother Aaron heading over in a few days, Lord, I, and Brother Christian, I pray that you'd bless them, Lord, give them fruit for their labor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, in the beginning was the Word. Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word was what? Made flesh Amen. and dwelt among us. Don't have to read that anymore. You can be seated. And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. St. John 16 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will what? He will guide you into some truth, maybe truth, half truth. He said all truth. All right? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He's talking about his bride. He will show you and show you things to come. Colossians 1 verse 16. I want to bring this to you. We'll read a little bit about the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Colossians 1 verse 16. You know, if, if you ever thought about how we read the Bible, uh, you know, Paul is talking to the Colossians. He's writing them a letter, okay? Paul's writing them a letter to the Colossians. He'd been there. He preached. He saw the Spirit of the Lord anointed Paul to see certain things that they needed. Same thing with the Corinthians. Same thing with the Ephesians. That's why the Ephesians, he could write the book of Ephesus, and it was deep teaching. But the Corinthians, he was always correcting them, always telling them, hey, you're getting drunk at the Lord's table. Quit doing that. Quit doing this. Hey, leave the idols alone. You were once this, but now you're this, right? So in Colossians, he's come to a place he's going to write to the Colossians or the Colossians in Colossians, and he's going to tell them that he's coming to a place to, <coughs> of understanding a little more about Jesus Christ. So let's read this in Colossians 1 verse 16. And I want you to hold on to your Bibles because we're going to use our regular Bibles. And we're not going to put it up the screen, so you're going to have to get your Bibles out. All right, I'll give you time to find it. But that'll be about 20 minutes from now. I just want you to find it. Stop rustling around so much. For by him were all things created. Now, he's talking to a group of people, but he's also talking to me and you. And this is the eternal word of God. So it's the Holy Ghost speaking through Paul to us. And while you got your Bibles, go and turn to the book of Revelation, because that's where we're going to read from. <clears throat> For in by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, angels and people whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Who is this? This is Jesus Christ, all right? And he is before all things, all right? So he's back in eternity. 
And by him, all things consist. Every breath you breathe, the first breath you ever took was not from the devil. It was from God. All right. And he is the head of the body. Now, he's summing all this up. He's looking. He says, God's made nature. God's made all these things. God's got all this stuff created. And now he's going to bring it back to a group of people. And he is the head of the body. We were talking about this morning. The body is the body of Jesus Christ is his bride or his wife, the church, who is the beginning. Because look now, back to my point, Paul is writing this letter to the Colossians and and he's also writing to future generations, which is ours. But if you look and, and go to a, and I don't knock the denominations, the people are wonderful, but that denomination God hates. I'm sorry. And if you attach yourself to it, he hated it. Like Brother Bob, he hated that Nicolaitan spirit. He hated that thing. All right. God hates. Yeah, he can because he can. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And to be a righteous judge, there's got to be things he likes and things he don't like. But he's righteous. He'll always be perfect in judging. All right. So don't say, well, I don't know if it. No, he's a righteous judge. All right. So now you take a, uh, say the Baptist church there in, in, in hometown there. They're going to read this. And he is the head of the body of the church. All right. So they have a, a sense of, of understanding a little bit about what a bride is. Maybe, maybe not. But they know that God's got a church. Right? And we and they read he is the head of the body of the church. Okay, well he's the head of the body of our church. Our Baptist, our Methodist. That's what they're saying. But now can they glean out of that that God's talking about a bride? His body. And he is the headship of that body to where whatever God says in the Bible, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't supersede it by putting our own ideas in there to saying, well, Father, Son, Holy Ghost is a way to baptize and Trinitarian doctrine is okay because that's what we see in the Bible. Same way here. But we read it. He is the head of the body. We know as believers, Brother Brown says, I don't call you church anymore. Now I call you bride. Well, you can't change the Bible. But inside of that is the love letter that tells us. The Colossians may have not even seen it. But this end time people, we see that we're the body of Jesus Christ on earth, and he's the head of it. So whatever the head does, that's what we do, all right? The thoughts, everything. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence or the oversight. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And then you, you take a, the denomination says, okay, Jesus is the son of God. He is eternal, but now he's the second person of eternity. Right. Everybody with me, right? right? Now I'm telling the truth. Right. He's the second person of the Trinity, all right? So for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell. So there's a father over here and there's a son over here and there's a Holy Ghost over here. And then we know that that person, Jesus, is our savior, I am talking denominational world. That's our Savior. But like Brother Brown says, they couldn't get him off the cross a lot of times. They know he died. They know he done that. But they didn't know exactly that when he got off the cross, he came back in a group of people. To have the preeminence, to have the, have the headship of the Word of God. 
because they reject. Listen, what happened was at Nicaea, they rejected the headship of the word of God. And brought their own idea in, and then it was accepted. Listen, it wasn't accepted by God. God can't accept false doctrine. But God said, I, know you, I knew you were going to do this, so I got this all set up for you. Then I'm going to have a church through the seven church ages, and then I'm going to have somebody to come and say, look, there's a separation point somewhere. I'm talking to the bride right here. The bride don't go through tribulation. Yes, the church does. No, the bride does not. The church stands judgment because they'll read that same thing. You know, that same same church is going to read one day revelations where all have to stand before the judgment seat of God. But they don't see the love letter. That if you truly are the bride of Jesus Christ, why would he put you through judgment? He can't do that. Because actually he's judging his own body. He's the head, we're the body, but they're connected. Okay? For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. All right? But now remember, in the end time, according to the Bible, according to the revelations, all the different ones, 10, 7, um, Luke 17, 30, that the Son of Man, that same guy in bride form now, in flesh, is going to come back with the power of the fullness of the Godhead, just like Jesus. Come on, you better believe that. That's our anointing for this day. Let's read the rising of the sun, 1965. That's what he proved, hallelujah. That's what Easter proved. He wasn't only the word, but he was God himself. The dynamics in the word. That made the body of Jesus Christ look cold, stiff, and dead and in the grave. Right. Folks, when he died, they took that body down off the cross and they put it in that tomb. It got cold. Amen. Now, it didn't stay there long enough to heat back up again because that's what it does in corruption. It heats back up again and causes corruption. But it was cold, stiff, and dead in the grave. That's me and you. Before we get the quickening power. Shake it to life and rise again. Roll away the stone. I can just see, you know, you got angels there, but I believe Jesus was when, you know, it was, had to be dark because the tomb, they didn't have lights. There was no LEDs there. But when that thing rolled over, it turned all the lights out. But on resurrection morning, when he quickened himself right back to life, I believe that whole place shone with his glory. And he didn't have to go over there and move it, and he didn't have to come out. I believe he walked over there and went. And that stone just went. Because he said, all power in heaven and earth has not been given to the angels. He says, it's been given to me. Amen. So he just did his hand like that, and that stone just rolled out of the way. didn't matter if it weighed five billion tons. It would have rolled right out of the way. He was proving who he was. And he was proving he could do it in a flesh body. Remember, he was still around here 30, 40 days after he was glorified, after he was perfect and had all power and all control. He still walked around here for 30 to 40 days. God, I mean, man saw, if you could see it, a man walking around on this earth in a glorified body. But he couldn't stay here. 
Because if he had not, if he had stayed here at Pentecost, he'd have had two bodies. Can't have two bodies. He had to go away. I must go away. But we talk, read the, you know, with the song. It was expedient that he go away. Why? Go away to come back in me and you. All right. <clears throat> so dead. And roll away the stone. I am he that was dead. So dead till the sun said he was dead. The moon said he was dead. The stars said he was dead. All nature said he was dead. And now the whole world has to recognize that he's alive again. He was not only the mechanics, God's word. He was the dynamics to prove it. And as he, now watch, watch Brother Branham tell us what happened here. We, sure, oh, we can say, well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was over there, and he was over there in the tomb. And, and you know, um, if y'all are following um, Julie and Gary, they're walking, now not in Jerusalem, but they're walking amongst what happened with, like, Patmos and different places and the, the church ages and what all happened. They're over there walking around now. That would be glorious to do. But then you see that Jesus, though, They've got him there, but can't bring him here. Because right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the buffer. I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect. Jesus is the only one that's perfect. Well, now listen. If that guy lives inside of me, and that guy lives inside of you, and he said, I'll bring all things to your remembrance, and I'll give you all these promises. I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'll give you a comforter. I'll give you a teacher. I'll give you all these things. What is the Holy Ghost? It's a gift. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a gift. The new birth is a gift. You don't automatically get it. And as he being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. Now watch Brother Ram referring to. When he come out of the grave, we come out of the grave. Potentially. We were inside of him. We were inside of him for real in that theophany. But he's got to divide himself out on the day of Pentecost. It can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations any others has spoke of the bride. It can only manifest. Now watch. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. All right? The groom steps out and says, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. I know I'm not a Trinitarian. I'm not a Trinity. I know the correct water baptism. I know there's no eternal hell. I know all these things. Amen? Amen. So now that that person is inside of us, but we stop it. Now watch. It, only, it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations any others have spoken of the bride. It can only manifest. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Because remember, the church is doing something different than the, bride, than the groom. The bride should not. The bride should be doing exactly. Because you know what? You're attached to him. Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. As man and woman are one and woman taken from his side, she had taken the spirit, the feminine spirit from him. The flesh from his side made both mechanics and dynamics the wife. You notice he didn't say the bride. The spirit of him and the flesh of him and put it together and made mechanics and dynamics. And then he goes on until the church or the people, in other words, realize this. We're going to just continue to... Live, work, and die. Right. Yep. A little boring. Right. What was the Holy Ghost given for? 1959. 
Now, the purpose, what was God's purpose in sending the Holy Spirit? Talk about John 14. God's purpose we find here in sending the Holy Spirit was what? Look, one purpose. One purpose. That God himself might dwell in his church. Don't stop there. And continue his plans through the church, or we know that's bride. We're interpreting that as that's Brother Ram's called. That's the bride. That God was in Christ continuing his plans through Christ, out of Christ, into the church, continuing his works through the church. Amen. Now, we know what the Holy Spirit is. We found out last night that it's God. Now, when we think of God the Father, his Father, God the Son, is Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. That's what we call it today now. That does not mean there's three individual distinct gods. It means there's one God in three offices. May we say it like this. Now watch him bring all this together. You know that the, 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 the problem with the whole thing is, is who he's preaching to, that probably 99% of them are Trinitarians. 99% of them believe in the Trinity. So he's trying to get them to see the oneness of God. But now not the oneness of God like one like your finger because the oneness of God is you got to be included. Everybody with me? All that God was, he poured into Christ because he emptied himself and poured it into Christ. And Christ was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All that Jehovah was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, he poured it into the church, not into one individual, but into the entire body. There's where we can come together in unity, we have power. All that God was was in Christ, and all Christ is in you. Christ the mystery of God revealed, 1963. When I think of it, I just see denominations pass off the scene. And everything else just going, see, when I see God's great purpose revealing himself and having first to reveal himself in Christ. Now, look, he had to reveal himself in Christ first. All right? He couldn't just jump right down to us. We would not understand nothing. He had to pour himself in Christ, and Christ was the Spirit of God in human flesh. So are you, if you're born again. So that way we can understand it. And having first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and then to bring that fullness of the Godhead body, bodily into a people. That he could have the preeminence, the oversight, the leading. 1963, again, Christ the mystery of God revealed. God expressed in Jesus Christ, who is both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in his church. Bride, wife. The preeminence is all that God was, he poured into Christ. All Christ was, he poured into the church, the believers. What was his purpose? What was his purpose? His purpose first was to express himself in the Son. See? And now that him might dwell the fullness of the God in him. I've got Colossians laying here because he's reading the same thing I did. All through the scripture. But now look. Then through this life of this son, his cross, the blood it says here of his cross, that he might reconcile to himself a body, a bride, which is Eve, second Eve. That's me and you. All right. Mighty God unveiled, 1964. Then it was God. In them days it was God and man, his son, Jesus Christ. We believe that. Not just a prophet, not just an ordinary man or an ordinary human. Praise God. It was God in Christ, God in a man. The fullness of the Godhead bodily in a man. God in a man. 
How many times you got to say that? Now it's God in men. Same God. Nothing less. It's God in men. The fullness of God in the Godhead bodily in his entire church. Now that makes up you sisters too. Don't look at me and frown because he said in men. He meant all of you. All right. Manifesting himself, fulfilling his word. Now, what is the fulfillment of his word? That the fullness of the Godhead bodily will be in his bride. Okay? Now, we find God all ages has had skin on it. I like that. Every age, God's had skin on it. God has been hid behind the veil. So we believe that you, not a per- one person, but us as a collective body of Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And whatever Jesus has, we have. Whatever he inherits, we inherit. All the things he is, we should be. You say, I can't do that. Well, you know what? It's just like we're, we're going to talk in a little bit about placing. Sister, Sister Cleta, we were talking between services. She said, I'm sure glad I wasn't born a man. I said, so am I. But you know what she was meaning? She don't have to preach. She likes to talk about the Word of God, and I appreciate that. But she says, I'm, I wasn't born a man, so I, I don't have to preach. She said, I always wanted to be a boy because my, you know, mom or daddy would take the boy out somewhere, you know, out in the field, let those girls at home. But, but you see what your desire is. You, you see what she, her desire is never to be a preacher because she's a female. She's a woman. That should be your desire. Now, your placing, sisters, is not to be preachers. But, yeah, that's what June, praise the Lord. But you do have a place and a position to support your husband, support the church, and stay in that position. Don't try to supersede and try to hone in on somebody else's place. Bless you. So that the placing then is what? Wake up just a minute. The placing is realizing what God's give you and use it. And use it. You can say, oh, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. God give me, God put me, God put me right here. You show up about three times a month. Twice a month, two times a year. No, you ain't got, that ain't God. Amen. Be, having God is being active with God Amen. stuff, not man stuff. So the placing, you say, well, this placing of adoption, what it does, it, it, it makes you realize where you're at. Makes us all realize what we're put here for. I believe that Brother Bob... Brother Aaron, Brother Luis had a call in their life of ministering. And the reason, the way you can see that is you see it develop. You see that develop into something. You see that developing and giving them a pulpit to preach behind and giving them a place to go overseas and a a place like Brother Luis to come and help some of the Hispanic brothers that are coming to church here. And he's able to to interpret for them. Well, without him, we wouldn't have those people because I can't interpret. Neither can any of you sitting in this building. Interpret as fast as he can. So there he has a place. And Brother Luis told me not too long ago, he said, Brother Wade, if that's my ministry, he said, I'm happy with that. 
because he loves his Hispanic heritage. And I appreciate that. So he's found his place maybe. If he never preaches behind this pulpit again, he is an integral part of this church. He has found his place. So you find your place. Find something that, uh, a gift. Somebody needs to find a gift to play a bass guitar because we lost one. Zach Black, we, I hope you're watching this. But no, we, we do. We have a gap because Richard sometimes has to stay at home with, with Brother Dale on Sundays, and, and we sure miss the bass playing. Amen. So, God, listen, one goes out, God will raise one up. And we need backups. We got plenty of backups of other stuff. We need a backup for a bass player. So, any of you, uh, uh, Richard, I think Richard said he's got a bass you could try to play on. But uh, I like the bass guitar. And Brother Donnie's, uh, he's given the desire, told me the other day he wants to start playing, to try to play dobro. I miss that dobro. Amen. Brother Gary Atkins would play that dobro, and I miss the dobro. So listen, God will give us the desire of our heart. You say, oh, that's just menial. No, that's his position if that's what he's supposed to do. He, God's just as happy with that as he is with Brother Dale preaching, me preaching, anybody else preaching the gospel. Amen. And you got to believe that. Oh, I only play the piano. If you play it for the glory of the Lord and it brings the Spirit down on the people, what else do you want? Oh, I want to preach. Well, no, you probably don't. Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus said, did you never read the Scripture? He's talking to the, he's talking to the Pharisees and the religious people of the day. We should know this. They should have known this right here. The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. That comes from the, uh, the Old Testament. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. In other words, a Gentile bride. And whosoever shall fall on, its, on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Amen. Brother Ram said there's been brides, brides, churches, you know, there's churches in the Old Testament. We talked about that before. There's church ages in the Old Testament, church ages in the New Testament. But there's got to come one. God's honing this thing down. You see how that's getting more narrow, more narrow, more narrow? It's coming to a place to where, let me just put it this way. There's only a certain group of the bride out of the bride. Sounds strange, doesn't it? But Brother Bram says, out of the true seed will come one. Huh? Out of the whole bride, there's going to be a set of people, a group of people that's going to come to adoption, that's going to come to the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and going to literally stand one day and bring the dead out of the ground. I believe that 100%. And I believe that person's here, or people are here, not one person, are here because it's got to be. I believe those two witnesses are not babies over there in Israel now. They're over there probably fighting for their country. But they're going to get an anointing one day. When we leave, they're going to get an anointing, and they're going to be them two prophets that's going to raise 144,000 out of Israel. Listen, nothing happens to Israel without God knowing about it. In other words, without God's hand being in it. So you see what's going on now. Don't mess with Israel. You know, I like what they do. They don't ask nobody's opinion. They don't ask the United States, can we bomb them? Nope, they bomb them, and then they call the president and say, hey, we bombed them. Because they know they believe they're God's people. They believe they cannot be wiped off the face of the earth. But everybody around them wants to wipe them off the face of the earth. 
Listen, those Palestinians, they come up there as little babies hating Jews. They hate them. That's that Ishmael group that hates the Isaac group. All right? That's where that war started a long, long time ago, Isaac and Ishmael. But there's got to come a real bride, and I believe that we see that real bride here. It's here. It's not developing. It is developing, but it's not coming from baby form. It's just bringing everything together. All right? Getting all the, as Brother Brown said, getting the, the, the honing time. We'll read that in just a little bit. And talk about his wife. We were talking about this morning. We know what that is. And then, I, you know, I, I kind of agree with this. I don't kind of. I really agree that married people live longer and healthier lives. Now let's think about it. Stop for a minute. In the spiritual sense, if you're not married to Christ, what would your life be? You wouldn't live longer, I promise you that, because now that you're married to the eternal one, your life will never end. Now the world could be married to the devil, and they all going to end. Because the devil had a beginning, the devil's going to have an end. God did not have a beginning, he'll never have an end. And if we got God inside of us, all right then. The power of marriage is particularly evident in late middle age. And he talks about the mortality rate, and I believe all that. And I mean, I'm talking about mortality in our spiritual sense. Everybody with me? That's why, a little bit of marriage and divorce here, sorry. That's why a woman can't divorce a man. Uh, according to the Bible. A woman can't do that. You can't divorce Christ. He can divorce you, but you can't divorce him. And we see women divorcing all the time, which is, you know, the other, that's over in this other group. But should not be in the bride of Jesus Christ. It should not be in the church. It's not in this one. But you should not do that. A woman should never divorce a man. It's not scriptural. Boy, you get real quiet, and you actually do wake up. When you say marriage and divorce, the people will do this. What are you going to say next? <laughs> well, maybe I'll say that about every sentence, a couple of sentences, so y'all won't be a fall asleep. It is kind of warm up here. But being unmarried is one of the greatest risks that people voluntarily subject themselves to. If you're not married to Christ, you have voluntarily subjected yourself to the world. Right. You have voluntarily... Ex- Got all the risk of the people of the world. And I believe that. Scientists who have studied immune functioning in the laboratory find that happily married couples have better functioning immune systems. We have a great physician. And though we be sick sometimes, we can go to him. But remember, that is your husband also. You are married to him. So go to your husband and say, hey, I need some help here. Married couple has better functioning immune system. Divorced people, even years after the divorce, show much lower levels of immune functions. That's one reason you shouldn't be divorced. One. So now let's talk about adoption just for a second, and then we'll continue on. I kind of skipped through this stuff. Remember, when we come to a place, and we've, we covered this before, but there's some newer ones here. The new birth is one thing. All right, it's one part of your, it actually starts your Christian journey. All right, everybody with me? It starts your Christian journey, and then you go and grow in God, and then you come to a place of adoption. All right, you can be born again without being adopted, but you cannot be adopted without being born again, because listen, 
God only adopts his own children. He doesn't adopt the devil's kids. So to be God's kids, you've got to be born again. Very simple. All right? But if you never get born again, you can't come to anything but maybe an anointing. Because that's what anointing ones is. But when you come to hear ye him, that means you take somebody like the prophet of God that can stand and, and speak the third pull and he can speak squirrels into existence. Creator. Speak those things. And the, the thing that was in his wife. Speak those things. And that happened just like that. Not that he has to pray. He just spoke the word. So after that son was adopted, his name was good on a checkbook as his daddy's. That's where God's trying to get his church. We pray for them now, but then you'll command it. What we need is adoption. Now, if Brother Brown tells us that, then that's what we need. We are lacking, as the bride of this message of the hour, we are lacking the teaching of adoption. There's a whole group says, well, you got it when you believe, and the other one says, well, you ain't got it till you get way up here. So why can't we bring them both together? Get the new birth so you can be adopted, but you can't be adopted without the new birth. So you got to preach them both. Bring them together, and you get the message of the hour. Remember, the message of the hour was to do two things. So we have a double anointing. Number one was what? To restore us back. And then bring the seals, and then bring the open book, then bring the thunders and all those things, which we'll get to when we get to the headstone. But what we need is adoption. Sons and daughters needs adoption. God cannot trust this power with the church. It's hard to tell what you do with it. So we've got to be disciplined or the virtues come into our heart. We should grow up in God. I think the end of the year we should all kind of check up on ourselves and, and, uh, and go back and say, hey, January 2023, here's where I was. January 2024, where am I? Am I better or am I worse? Because if you're in God, you've got to be better. Well, I've got these. Tr- Forget the trials. You're going to have them. You're going to have them. But do you understand more of God? Do you understand more why you're here? If you understand more why you're here, I ain't got to understand no more why Brother Donnie's here. I've got to understand why I'm here. And my position that we're coming to, all of us are coming to a position or in a position, one of the two. We'll grow up in him. Speaking the truth in love, we'll get to this in just a second, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And what is this right here? This is growing up. This is growth development. I don't see how in the world you can't see growth in a Christian experience. You've got to see it and experience it. You can't just say, I've been in the message for 50 years, and you get the 50-year seal of approval. You know who hands those out? The devil. God don't hand them out. You get your crown when you get out of here. You don't get your crown. Here. Waiting for the adoption to wit or to witness or to understand, we're the only people. That's why there's been brides by the church. But I believe Brother Brown was standing there. He said, hey, you're going to understand every bit of this. Amen. Christians have understood the redemption of the soul because that's since the day of Pentecost. But they've never understood how that this body is going to stand here one day. Because listen, who in the world knew that Adam, I mean that, 
Abraham and Sarah went through a body change. That's actually in no writings that I've ever been able to find. Wigglesworth, Calvin, Knox, Finney, Luther, Wesley. Oh, they may have preached a, a sermon that it's coming, but they don't know how to get there. But we do. Amen. We have the formula, if you may say. 1953, he's telling the Pentecostals, you should be adopted, but yet you're what? You're a wild child. You're running around like a bunch of babies. Then in 1959, he tells them again. He's pouring in his spirit. Those who are resting out yonder in the grave, they're waiting on us to come to adoption time. When God can pour into us what? Back to the scripture I read, his fullness. The fullness of the Godhead bodily in a bride. His power, his resurrection. That when the church and Christ become so close together till Christ becomes visible among us, raises the dead, and we go into rapture. Amen. And this is one of this is my quote. False doctrine does hinder the Holy Spirit. Yep. Amen. Amen. Remember, Brother Ryan said the Holy Spirit will go out on a limb. Wait on you to call him back in. Now he doesn't go out, he doesn't go out of your body and go sit somewhere and you you know. But no, he does refrain from giving you blessings yep. because of you, not because of him. Because of you. Because of me. Anybody ever went through a dry time in their Christian experience? Well, pray for me. All of you that didn't raise your hand, pray for us that did. Go through a dry time and you're like, Lord, where are you? You've answered me quick before. Why are you not answering me quick now? And if you could hear the Father tell you, and he usually does in a sermon or in the Bible, he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. All right, Matthew 21 right here real quick. The stone which the builders rejected, the stone. What is a stone? Revelation. So the revelation that the builders rejected was standing in front of them. Jesus is telling them right here, I'm standing in front of you. And you don't know who I am. But I'm going to, I am the headship. I am the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I am God manifested in human flesh. I'm all of God. And I'm going to come back and give you part and make you all all of God. But you've rejected that part. You've rejected any of this. The revelation that the builders rejected. The same has become the head of the corner. So I'm going to have it anyway. I'm going to start down to foundation. Zechariah or Isaiah 28:16 says, "Therefore, saith, thus saith the Lord God: Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, for a foundation, a stone. Stone is what? Revelation. Listen, we're not building a literal house here. All right, you're building your house on revelation or stone." works a tried stone oh it's not just a stone it's just there and it's really pretty and it's all buffed off and you just it's no it looks pretty rough a tried stone a precious cornerstone a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste judgment also will i lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet now to explain what a plummet is it's a thing that measures corners and gets it straight. 
The hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. Look, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. And your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then you shall be trodden down by it. Plummet means a level or a leveling tool. And remember, Brother Ram tells us that a prophet, what does a prophet do? He said anybody can build a straight wall. And he's right, Brother John. I can do a straight wall. But when it comes to a corner, you get it off one little bit. If it's not 90 degrees, it might look real pretty right here. But you get on out about 20 more feet and about 30 more feet, and it's going to start doing this. Amen. And it's going to be completely off of the foundation. Well, that's what he's saying. He's bringing it back by Zerubbabel, which we know that's the message of the hour. Brother Brown bringing the message and building the house. He has brought to where Brother Brown said it takes a prophet to turn a corner. So he took and sent us a prophet to turn the corner to get us in the right direction. 1962, let's go. <clears throat> We've been kind of off statue of perfect man. Let's get back on it. It never was put on top of the pyramid. Now, what is he talking about? The pyramids in Egypt, all the different places, they're all flat. All right, they're all flat on top. Showing that the headstone was rejected, the full headship of the church was rejected. And it really has not come back until the end time. Because what was the headstone? Now, here we go. What was the headstone? Number one, it was the Son of Man, God in human flesh. All right? Number two, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everybody with me? All right? That's what was rejected. They rejected Jesus Christ, and he never was connected to the body like he wanted to be. Because watch, let's listen to a prophet and let him explain this to us. Just shake yourself just for a minute. It never was put on top of the pyramid. They couldn't understand why. Why did Enoch build this big, great monstrosity and he didn't finish the top of it? He left the flat place. Well, he was showing that the cap, the capstone had been rejected. The capping stone, they couldn't understand why. The capping stone was rejected, the head Christ, but it will come someday. Now, someday is today. Right. All right? Now, in building the virtues, now, he's, not, he's up on here now. Building this monument, now watch, he said building this stature. He never says statue. Statue is like this. It don't move. It's got no life in it. But a stature is something that's a growth development. See, it starts off with the foundation stone, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness. Now, what does it do? Then we're waiting there, waiting for the headstone, which is love, for God is love. And he controls, and he is the strength of every one of these things. That's right. Yes, sir. Now, listen to this. Now, it's not on this drawing. And I'm, I'm going to find one. It's in Brother Dale's office somewhere. There's a drawing that somebody took off just like the drawing of the, <coughs> excuse me, of Daniel 70 weeks. Because Brother Brown was referring to it. He drew all this on a chalkboard. For young kids that don't know what's going on, that was a chalkboard with real chalk. Amen. And it was white chalk, and the backboard was green. Most of them were. Right? And there was a thing called an eraser. <clears throat> and then they got real fancy because... 
the teachers would have that white stuff all over, and they kind of fancy when we were growing up, and they made this little aluminum thing with a spring in it, and you could spring load it into the, right? Aaron's shaking his head, so most of you older. They spring load it, open it up, and they put the chalk down in it, and they could do their writing and not get chalk all over. But always, oh, you not, hey, I didn't take apples to the teachers. I just told them I go do the eraser thing. Amen. Kaylee? Would you go out and clean my erasers from my board? What's an eraser, and what do I do with that? <laughs> well, it was what you erased the board with. Got chalk all over it, and it had to be, you'd have to go outside and beat it together, or you'd have to beat it against the wall. That's right. Y'all don't do that anymore? <laughs> oh, that's right. You got it on your computer, and you do like this, and it erases it, right? Okay. And you got your little pencil thing that draws. Well, Brother Brandon was using a regular old drawing board or blackboard. We always called it, but it was green to me. It never was very black, especially the ones in school. But watch what he does. And like I said, Brother Dale's got that somewhere, and I'll try to find it. But he's got little waves right here. Yep. That's right. All right. And some of y'all have seen it because Brother Dale preached on this a long time ago, and I think he showed it to us, but I'll try to find it. Right in here, right in here. Now, he's referring to his chart. You see, I got in between all these works here, and here these little waves come. What is that? The Holy Ghost coming down through Christ, see, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is above all this, welding this together. Because now look, you receive the new birth down here, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your soul, correct? Right. That's not an anointing. That's what I was trying to get the people to see last night. That Genesis 126 is not an anointing. Your new birth is not an anointing. It's a person. Right. Amen. We receive anointings, which is something that in the Old Testament they would smear you over with oil. They'd put that oil all over Aaron and he'd run down on the ground. Amen. And that covered Aaron so he could go into the Holy of Holies. All right? Now you are covered by the Holy Ghost and you're required to go into the Holy of Holies. Yes. Amen. Go boldly to the throne of grace. But that was in type that it would pour the oil. Like I said before, if I was Aaron, I'd look at Moses and I'd say, Hey, brother, is every inch of me wet? Because if it wasn't, he died. If I didn't have the right lawn cloth on or the right this or the e-pod and all the different things. Well, that's the same way with me and you. You got to have everything right. right. You got to approach God with just a pair of shorts on. That's what. But look, but look, you see how far away they've got from the great foundation that we were placed on, supposedly, that they'll go into a church with a pair of shorts on, just like they're going to go play basketball. Amen. Where's the honor in that? Where's the? I want to know where that changed. That. I remember going to church, even in a Baptist church. Women wore dresses. Men tried to dress up. But not anymore because that's eroded. Satan has said, ha, at least you're going to church. Yeah. Ha, at least you're going. And they probably go more than y'all do. Tell me, y'all. Right. With their shorts on. Don't try it. But this down here is not an anointing. That is. Yes. Amen. That is an anointing that spreads out right. over you. And when you get these virtues working in your life, like I said before, you can see that at the very bottom. False doctrine hinders the Holy Spirit. It hinders 
this guy from working also. It's the same person. But this is a birth and this is an anointing. Because you get the birth, if you never get these virtues to 100%, <clears throat> you're still bright. But you've got to go by the grave. And you will not understand everything. But up here, we should be, listen, if you go through the seventh grade or college or whatever you want to call this, you should know more than you did in the first grade. Like I said, one plus one is two is in your computer and it stays there. But you don't have to be taught one plus one is two when you do calculus in in college. You've got all that basic over here and you're using that. It's become a part of you. Didn't Brother Brown say he wanted a living, moving instrumentality of God? Amen. That's me and you, that when my hand moves, God's hands move. Right. Wow. Amen. So you got these virtues, but you got this great anointing that I believe is here, that's bringing to adoption the people that have really given themselves to these virtues or disciplined themselves to receive these virtues. Now listen to this. All these works in here, here these little waves come. What is it? The Holy Ghost coming down through Christ, see? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is above all this. Watch. Welding. When you receive the new birth as a baby, you got cracked. You're not welded together. You have a foundation. Amen? That's like if 20-something years ago I... Me and Dad went out, and we poured a foundation. Well, it's just a June. That's our house. We're still living on a concrete foundation. No, it's there. But we built a house on top of it. You got your foundation. God's going to build a house on top of it. If you'll let him. It's above all this, welding this together. Building a what? A perfect church. Wow. For the capstone, why does when we, when any minister, what if, when anybody says perfect, in our humanity, we go, no way. Can't have. But you're looking at all this. You're not saying what God said. He said, be perfect. That's what I was telling some uh, up at the hunting camp the other day. They, we were talking a little bit of religion. And, and, of course, you know, drinking bush light and cussing is their religion. So, But they do try to be a little bit religious. But I said, look, guys, I said, come on. I said, <clears throat> then they started into that, well, well, well I'm just not perfect. I, I, you know, I, I've got my flaws. God knows my flaws. I said, yeah, he does. I said, what the problem is. He knows you got flaws, but you can take care of them. Well, I can't be perfect. What the girl said, she said, I can't be perfect. I said, the Bible tells us in about three places to be perfect. You don't believe the Bible? Well, she probably didn't even know what scripture was referring to. But God requires us to be perfect. He requires us to come to perfection. That's what he said. Without spot or wrinkle. Listen, you can't wash your clothes. God's got to wash your clothes. God's got to be able to put that linen on you. Right. Amen? Amen? Let him do the work. Right. You be the recipient of it, though. Right. For the capstone 
to cap it off. Building a what? A perfect church for the capstone to cap it off. Abraham's covenant confirmed. What happened next? Then come the Pentecostals, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's bringing the church up. Still, the church got smaller in the minority. And now it goes on until that has got so much a, such a perfect place until when that headstone finally comes, it'll fit so perfect. The church will be, have to be in such a perfect shape until when Christ comes, he fits right into it. That's right. So you see, just speaking in tongues and dancing, that's way down the line yet. He's telling Pentecostals. The church, remember, if you was ever there, Egypt, the Sphinx, Pyramid, Stones, weighing hundreds of tons, so perfectly put together till the razor blade won't even hone to a perfect condition till it fits absolutely perfect without cement. That's the way the church is going to have to be. Excuse me. So honed down the word honing the church. So where's it coming from? The word of God. Until when Christ comes to take the church, the ministry, look, the ministry, the church will pick right up on it and raise Luther, Wesley, Pentecost and all and go up with it to take the church up. Now get your Bibles out. Turn to the book of Revelations. Don't pull it up on the screen. Don't be cheating. Because I want you to see something instead of me telling you about it. I want you to see it. If you don't have your Bibles, don't be embarrassed. Well, you should be. That's why I bring this with me because, Brother John, the batteries never run out on this thing. If it runs out on this, I'll just jump over here and start reading in the Bible. All right, turn to Revelations 6. Now, I want you to see something in this chart. Remember, there are dispensations. We saw that. We've seen this chart many, many times, but some of the new ones have not. This was a chart that we kind of put together, and Brother Bob had some input, and Brother Joe, Brother Luis, all the different ministers, Brother Aaron. We had input on this to put it all together because uh, I can tell you about this, but if you visually see it, then it makes a bigger impact. And if you look behind all that, you see a little baby shadow down there? Yep. Right here, there's a little baby shadow right here. Then there's a Kind of a, you know, going on up a little bit, 8 or 10, 12, 15 years old. Then you got a man with a head up here. That's what God is. He don't mind you being down here. He don't mind you being a baby. That's what he wants you to start as, newborn babe, new birth. And then start again and go up the statue of perfect man under the revelation of the Son of God. Now, what's the revelation of the Son of God? That is God in spirit form in his church. All right? Okay, God in his church in spirit form leading us and guiding us into truth. But there has to be, now remember, you say, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, there's seven ads. Y'all heard this before. There's seven ads. Faith is not an ad. You that look over there, you can look over here. Faith is not an ad. It says add to your faith. So you got add, one, two, three, four, five, six. Then you got a gap. You got an interval. You got a place of rest. Because the word interval means a period between two events or times. All right? Everybody with me? 
This will make sense in a little while. Or it's an amount of space. In other words, when you have an intermission, say when you, you, you have a play and it's kind of long, they have an intermission. You go get a Coke, get refreshed yourself. But listen, something's going on. You're not just sitting there asleep. Well, maybe some of you are. But there's still always something going on. It's just not exactly what's happened prior or what's going to happen next. All right, everybody with me? Now, just for a second, we're going to go back and probably take a sideline of this and preach on this because there's a lot of revelation here in the interval. Now, look at Revelation chapter 6. Everybody there? Bless you. Revelation chapter 6. Now, what is the number 6? What is the number six? That's the number of man. Right? Six, six, six. Six is the number of man. Everybody with me? Amen. So the church ages. Okay? Bless you again. Don't do it again. I spent too much time saying bless you. Don't get Regina started, that's for sure. Goodness, we'll be I chewing for ten minutes. You haven't done that lately. You you got praise the Lord, you have got delivered from that. For those of you that know no Sister Regina, this is Sister Regina Arline. She sneezes like a cat. And she outchewies for about 10 seconds. But praise the Lord. That's good. I, oh, we just family. We pick on each other just like we family. Because we are. All right, look in Revelation chapter 6. Now, Revelation chapter 6, listen, you know, God's in numbers. We know that, right? Amen. All right. Hey, shake yourself. Can everybody, everybody say amen. Amen. That's the way it ought to sound every time. And the, and the church said? Amen. Wow. Hey, can you record that? Back there in the back. Record, do that again. Everybody say? Amen. So now we're going to do like the comedians, you know, the old, the old shows we used to have, you know. They have a, yeah, have a laugh track. Well, we're going to have an amen track. So we're going we're gonna to put it in this thing, and every time y'all don't say it, I'm going to mash a button. Amen. All right, let's look here real quick. All right, Revelation chapter 6. So that's the number of man. Everybody with me? And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. So there's your first seal. All right? If you have a Schofield Bible, Schofield breaks them all down, which I like the Schofield Bible because it does. It breaks them down. No, to go through real quick, and then we'll close, because I'll want to. just stop right here. We won't go any further. Revelation chapter 6, 1 is the first seal, all right? Say amen. amen. All right, the second seal is, is verse 3 and 4. Say amen. amen. The third seal is, chap, is chapter, not chapter, verse 5 and 6. Say amen. amen. The fourth seal is 7 and 8. Say amen. The fifth seal is 9, 10, and 11. Say amen. amen. The sixth seal is 12 through 17. Say amen. amen. All right, now it stops yeah. on six. Amen. All right. Then there's interjected Revelation chapter 7, amen. which is to the Jews. That's right. We'll go back and preach it, but I want you to just see the continuity of the Bible. Revelation chapter 7 says nothing of a seal. Now, we still got one more. We got one more seal. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. 
Chapter 7 is interjected in there to get the Jews or the 144,000 out of Israel. Everybody with me? Now let's turn over. If you guys go fill Bibles on the next page. Revelations chapter 8. Now we've moved into an 8, which is eternity. But we still have to open the seventh seal to get into that eternity. So look at your very first. And when he had opened the seventh seal. Okay, so there was six seals. There was an interval of bringing the Jews in. Then he's going back to his subject, the seventh seal. All right, everybody with me? Now watch, seven trumpets. Look down a little bit further. Chapter, I mean, chapter 8, verse 7. All right, chapter 8, verse 7. If you got a Schofield Bible, it says the first trumpet. All right. The second trumpet opens in verse 8 and 9. The third trumpet opens in 10 and 11. All right, look. The fourth trumpet opens 12 through 13. The fifth trumpet opens from 9, 1 through 12. All right. Then verse 13, the sixth trumpet, the sixth angel sounded. All right, now what's coming next? Supposed to be a seven, right? Because there's seven trumpets, seven vials, seven plagues, seven church ages, seven this, seven that. Is everybody with me? Well, there's a stop. Because the sixth trumpet is from 13 to 21. Stop. Chapter 10 is interjected in there because of me and you. Because that's in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he begins to sound the mystery of God will be finished. And he talks about the little book. Is everybody with me? All right. Then you got to go all the way to chapter 11. You're bringing in the woes. You've got all these things. Time of the Gentiles are ending. Goes back to the 42 months. Now go over to verse. This is chapter 11, verse 15. Look at that big gap. And he picks up the seventh trumpet in chapter 11, verse 15. Everybody there with me? All right. So there was an interval. Chapter 10, half of chapter 11. All right. Everybody got that? All right. Now, turn over to chapter 15. Remember, God's in continuity. God's in numbers. All right. Chapter 15, you have the seven vials. Now watch. Vial number one is going to be, chapter 15, go all the way down. Look at chapter 16, the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Verse 2 is the first vial. Verse 3 is the second vial. Verse 4 is the third vial. Like I said before, we'll cover these. This is just an overview for you to start thinking about something. The fourth vial is from chapter is from verse 8 and to 9. The fifth vial is 10 and 11. The sixth vial is verse 12. Guess what happens? There's an interval. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. I mean, even Schofield shows you. It's parenthetical. Parenthet- 
spectacle. In other words, it comes into a time. That would be verse 13 through 16. What did Brother Ram say those three unclean spirits like frogs were? The Trinitarian doctrine. Right? Because they're always looking back. Then your seventh vial, after you've had an interval, your seventh vial starts in chapter seven, I mean chapter sixteen, verse seventeen. And the seventh angel poured out his vial. So you see, all through even through this book of Revelations, you see the continuity of God doing something through six times and then stopping for a minute. Right. All right? We'll cover that, like I said before. Now remember, what did God do? He created the earth in six days and rested the seventh. All right, listen. Brother Brown preached six seals. Then he had questions and answers. He preached six church ages. I'm talking about the individual books because it's not. The church age book is a compilation of all those sermons, right? Does everybody understand that? And it's just called the church age book. But there's literally one, each church age has a book. At number six, after number six, Brother Brown preaches the vows, the seven vows, ten virgins. Then he preaches the seven church age. So in God's continuity, the whole thing, the whole thing all the way through. And look, in the Old Testament, there were seven church ages, but you've got to remember when you come down to the end, what come at the seventh church age in the Old Testament? John came on the scene to introduce, come on, to introduce Christ. All right, everybody with me? Six church ages come in the New Testament. Then there was an interval called Pentecost and the Pentecostal blessing. And then out of that come a seventh church age messenger. But there's one more. There's an eight. But we don't get to that first because you've got to remember what happens in the interval first. Same way with this here. We're look, you look. Thank God that he knows we're humans. And we plug along and plug along. That, that's why that I don't, people take vacations, and I don't mind taking, you taking vacation. I took one the other day. I wasn't here Sunday. I don't have a problem with that, all right? But 50 other weeks of the year, I'm here. Everybody with me? 50 other weeks, unless I'm preaching somewhere else, I'm right here. Not 25, like some of y'all. But I don't have a problem with you taking a vacation. What am I saying is God don't have a problem with just working you to death and then saying, okay, just sit there for a minute. Let's just take a rest. Just, just hold on a minute. I, we've pounded it out through all these virtues, and we've got up here to the Holy Spirit. Let's just take a moment. And just remember, you've got to remember in this interval, it's not that nothing happened. Something was going on. Six seals, God brings the Jews in. Then he brings the seventh seal. Six, the vials, the plagues, all the different ones, there was an interval. That interval, something happened. All right. So it's not that we just become dilatory and we don't have to, you know, you come to church six, six times in a row and yet, never mind, <clears throat> take one off. But that's what this is to me. 
Because Brother Branham says God is molding, so he's got to do something. Right? He just, we just read it right here. I think I got ahead of myself. Right in here, right in here, you see I got in between all these works. One, two, three, four, five, six. And all these works, you've got little waves coming down. It's the Holy Ghost coming down through Christ. In other words, <clears throat> God is taking a moment to say, hey, do you really understand what's going on? Do you really understand? You've been through all this 138 or 139 sermons. We've come to this point where there's just an interval where we just kind of, and you check up on yourself. Because remember, it's not where you can sleep. There's something going on. Is what it is. Is the is the Lord is saying, okay, hang on a minute. There's something coming that's going to culminate every bit of this from back here. All right. And that's to me. That's the message of the hour. But to me, that's the statue of perfect man. To me, that's why the Holy Spirit is up there like it is. Oh, it's working, no doubt. But it's saying, ho, 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 ho. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, look what he says right here. Welding this together. Well, now, if he stopped, all right, for a second, he stopped there for a little bit, but he's doing something. He's welding. So he's welding it not up that way. You can't pour water and it goes that way. Remember the water in Sister Shepherd's dream? The water was coming out of the top, not up here. Remember, he said that wasn't on there. It was kind of like a little ledge right here. And he was standing on that ledge pouring water in. And then the water was coming out with trash and running down the side. Then he said he put the honey in it and the honey stopped the water from flowing. All right. And he didn't want to continue on because I believe Brother Brown was not the headstone. I don't believe he was a headstone, but I believe he brought the headstone to us. I believe he brought it to us, listen, with clarity, as me and Sister Cleta were talking about. This message has got to be so simple, even a kid can understand it, or God is going to miss a whole group of people. He's going to miss a whole group of people if he makes this so way up yonder till it rides over people's head. But remember, the simplicity of God will ride over your head if you don't have God in your heart. Amen? Amen. So we'll get back to those intervals. I just wanted you to see that, that I think that right now we're kind of in that. We're at the end of the year. Everybody's thinking about Christmas. Everybody's thinking about going families and <clears throat> buying Christmas presents. And <clears throat> Don't buy from Timu. Bless your heart. <laughs> I spent yesterday an extra two hours delivering packages. Because last year at this time, for those of you who don't know, I work for the post office. Last year at this time, there was no such thing as Timu. Now Timu has took over where Amazon. Now you got big old Amazon, big old Timu. So anyway, just I just thought I'd vent for a second. In the interval, something happened. I delivered packages all day yesterday that weren't even mine. I delivered them from other people. Praise the Lord, I got a job. I appreciate that. And thank you for ordering. I do appreciate that. Just, just let UPS deliver if you don't mind. FedEx will never get it there. UPS will probably get it there. If anybody's working for FedEx, I, it's not, I'm not talking about you. So we've come to a place to where the Holy Spirit is welding all this together, making sure that we understand what's going on. That's what the Bible's doing because you read those six seals, 
Now, obviously, without Brother Branham's message, you would not go understand those seals because you know what? He didn't. Until the Lord opened that on that week of the seals. Because he was going to preach the wild horse rider was the Holy Ghost. He said he was. He said, I'd have made a horrible mistake if God hadn't come into the room and corrected me on something that I was going to preach. He was going to preach his old notes from 1959. He preached the mighty conqueror, I believe it was. 57 or 59. He preached the mighty conqueror and he read Revelation 6 verse 1. He made that Jesus Christ. And it's not. That's the Antichrist. All right? But he comes down and now I believe we're at that time to where Brother Dale's taught us for 50 years greatest sermons that yeah, better than anybody I've ever heard. Amen. But now, wait a minute. What are we going to do with that? Well, that's my question to all of us. What are we going to do with that? Oh, that was good. No, we're at that little interval. And we pray that the Lord will bring us the headstone. Because the headstone has been preached in this church for years. But there's got to be a manifestation of that. Let's stand to our feet. There's got to be a manifestation of that in our life. That we go through six, come to an interval and stop for just a moment and prepare ourselves. And there's many different things. We can go through the Old Testament of, of how they got ready and, and there was six different things and then there was kind of an interval because you better have everything right before you go in that Holy of Holies. You didn't just throw, you didn't do this like y'all do in the morning because you're late for work, our church, and you just throw on clothes and you walk in church and you go, how'd that black, I got a blue shoe and a black shoe on. Boyd said amen. Brother Dale did the same thing one time. But it, you get in a hurry. What am I saying? Sometimes we get in a hurry. God says, hey, shh, put the brakes on. Just hang on a minute. Let people catch up. It's a catching up time. Let people catch up. Let people... And you're, you're the only one that can do it because false doctrine hinders the Holy Spirit. But if we get it right, the Holy Spirit can flow through, just like Brother Brown said. It can flow down and get into us until that headstone finally comes It'll fit so perfect. We'll have to be in such a perfect shape until when Christ comes, he fits right into it. Right into it. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Brother Ram calls it, says there's a flange. There's a little place to keep the water. When the headstone does come down, there's a little flange. And we'll discuss that because there's some real good, there's some real good teaching on that. But um, God bless you. Love you. Thank you for being tentative and not sleeping so much. I know we get tired. I mean, we all get tired. I'm tired now. But uh, but we've been through 50 years of hard, good preaching. All right? Most of you have been here pretty much the whole time, Brother Colleen, Brother Darty, different ones. Some of us just come in. Hey, 11th hour worker. You get paid the same, but you got to make yourself available for it first. All right. So that's what we're coming to now. We're coming up to an end of the year, kind of a time where we just 
Hang on, though, because the headstone's coming. There's got to be that next chapter. There's got to be that seven. And then that seven is going to bring an eight. All right? Because we've got to go into eternity. Because remember, the millennium, you're still in the old seventh day. All right? You're still in the old seventh day in the millennium. You're still in time. You're still in maybe not the church age, but you're still in time. You're still in that number seven. Everybody with me? We don't go in. Now, we do. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're already in an eight. But we'll be literally in an eight because all of us will be changed. But there'll be a group that's not changed yet. There'll be a world that's not eternal yet. But when we come to that new city... When God cleans everything off, we move into the eighth day. And then we move into our new home, our future home. That's when everything is eternal. Nothing happens wrong. Every, all, it says he'll dry every tear from your eye. Behold, all things have become new. Boy, don't you like new stuff? I like, we got the new car. You like to smell it? I love smelling new car. Love the smell. I've only had to do it twice in my whole life. So, three times. But um, I enjoy new stuff. It's exciting. It's something, it's something new. Something you're not used to. So, let's let the Word of God, let's let some part of the Word of God be new to us. Amen. Coming into the end of this year and starting the next year, something be new. Pick, just let God, don't you pick it, God pick it for you. Right. Amen. Let's all fall into our place. Let's, I don't like that word fall. Let's all get in our place. All right? And we get in our place. And Brother Branham said that the church would be a mighty invincible army if we get into the place we're supposed to be. Not be over in Donnie's cornfield. Stay in mine. I won't be playing no dobro. I promise you that, bro. I can't play spoons. I've dropped them out of my hand. I wish you'd do that, though. I sure appreciate that. Appreciate Brother Aaron. Leading singing, too. He's, he's multifaceted himself. But I appreciate all of you. Everybody's got a, uh, something to do, and you pitch in and help. And, man, I sure do appreciate that. Because we do have some things going on. we got a few things coming up next year that we'd like to do, and we sure do appreciate you. And we, we pray that we're not, not that I'm going to pray that we'll make it till March or April or May, but if we do make it, then we got some things coming that's, that's really uh, exciting and interesting uh, going on. So we sure do appreciate you. Love you with the love of the Lord. Pray for us. Uh, pray for the family. We, well, we're kind of tired and weary sometimes, but, but it, things happen for a purpose. Yep. Yep. Bring us to perfection. Yep. Give us patience. Amen. You never had that before? Mm-hmm. Oh, pray for us then. If you don't have anything, if you have anything to do, pray for us. Right. Let's sing a song. If you need anything, God bless you. Oh, the restless waves in the light, oh, in the light, to there are souls to save, send the light, send the light, send the Okay. That's not a concern. We're going through his chat. We're asking him 
and that you'll raise them up for your own glory, that they won't have to do anything, Lord. It'll correct itself by itself, Lord. We are joining ourselves with our sister, Lord. We love our little David, Lord, and we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you'll touch him, Father, and give him strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You'll be fine. Okay. Forevermore. God grow weary in the work of love. Send the line. Send the line. Let us gather jewels for the crown above. Send the line. Oh, send the line. Sing it to him. Send the line. The blessing gospel line. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light and let its radiant beams like the world. Sing it to him one more time. Oh, send the light. We believe he sent the light. But what are we doing with it? We're going to hide it under a bushel or we're going to let it show? Send the light and let its radiant beams like the world forevermore. You ever go to camp meeting in North Carolina, you want to hear that song Amen. two or three times. Brother Joe Green going to sing it, or either or either Brother uh, Mike is going to sing it. They're going to sing it. Send the light. They do a real good work up there, real wonderful mission work, and a lot of people have been impacted by it. We appreciate Brother Joe and and uh, different ones that, that help up there, and we, we try to pitch in and help when we can. So God bless you. We love you with the love of the Lord again. Pray for Brother Mark. Uh, Brother Mark. Pray for Brother Martin. And uh, Sister Cheryl, pray for them. But pray for Brother Bob because he's going to preach Wednesday night. So pray for him, and, and then we will be back. I don't know. We'll be back next weekend, and, and we'll be serving the Lord and and uh, be happy in the Lord. No uh, no Bible study Saturday. Remember, Brother Bob, he's going to be gone. He's going to be in L.A., Lower Alto. No, no, Lower Alabama. He's going to preach for Brother Matthew Bray, his brother-in-law, next Sunday. So just keep him in prayer. We sure appreciate Brother Matthew. So let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for the time and opportunity, Lord. We pray that something's been said to help your people. We pray now, Lord, as we go, we know that the devil is just waiting to do something to disrupt the service and disrupt our lives. Father, I pray protection, Lord. As, as the prophet of God said, there was waves coming down through Christ, the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that those waves will continue out into each one of us and that we'll be consecrated and, and give ourselves more to you, Lord, than we ever have before. Father, we've come down to the time of, there'll be a time of separation, Lord, a time of a great falling away, Lord, of different ones, Father, that can't stand it, that can't, that can't complete the race. Father, I pray that that not be in this building at all, that we all will strive and push, Lord, and you pull us up, Father. You, you said you would pull us towards something, and I pray that we're being pulled towards something right now, Lord. May that great headstone be back in the church, Lord, and, and may we be able to see it in our time. Father, forgive us, Lord, of our mistakes. Be with us until we come back Wednesday night. Give Brother Bob the words of eternal life to speak to each and every one of us, Lord. We commit all things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Dismiss. Let me lift my voice, carry all pies, hold my last ever to rejoice.